This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. March break is around the corner, and there is a new trend in intergenerational vacations. I'll get the details from Zoomer Magazine's Vivian Vassos. Plus, the ground floor is ground zero for health care. I talked to a doctor who works in emergency in both the most developed part of the world and the least. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. flag celebrated an anniversary this week. The national flag of Canada was raised for the first time over Parliament Hill 53 years ago. The Prime Minister issued a statement to mark the special day saying that a single red maple leaf has come to represent the values we hold dear. Freedom, generosity and respect. This year, National Flag Day fell at a special time for national pride. During this year's Winter Olympics, and just a week after the introduction of the new gender-neutral lyrics for the national anthem. A new study finds that climbing stairs can counter some of the effects of menopause in women with high blood pressure. The study, published in the Journal of the North American Menopause Society, assigned women to climb 192 steps, or about 12 flights, every day for 12 weeks. It found the activity led to a reduction in blood pressure and an increase in leg strength. Speaking of walking, it can be dangerous in all this snow. In Milwaukee, where there's a ton of snow, one bus driver is being praised for her kindness and compassion after a video of her quickly went viral. Kaniqua Jackson was driving this week when she saw an elderly man with a walker signaling to catch the bus. He stumbled and fell in a snowbank. Jackson immediately left her bus to rush out to help and walked him safely onto her bus. It may not be at the Olympic level, but ping pong is being played every Thursday at a Toronto retirement home. 89-year-old Mildred Patterson is the home's current champion and holds the women's record for the longest rally at 300 shots. The program is at the Salvation Army Mian Retirement Residence, and it is designed to help early Alzheimer's patients ward off cognitive decline. Toronto is in the midst of a snowy owl boom. There's a surge in this stunning northern bird, and people have been flocking to large open parks like Downsview and Pearson Airport in growing numbers to snap photos of these majestic wanderers from the Arctic. So far this year, Toronto nature lovers have had almost 100 snowy owl encounters with even more reported by online bird forums and photo-sharing networks. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It is the place where life and death hang in the balance. 
One Toronto doctor splits his time between a cutting-edge emergency ward here and a rudimentary operation in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Despite the vast differences, Dr. James Mescalic says the ER is the great equalizer. I talked to him about life on the ground floor, letters from the edge of emergency medicine. Why the edge of emergency medicine? In Toronto, where we're experimenting with computer-organized entry programs and maybe even soon learning systems and algorithms that will help us better diagnose and treat people, in places like Ethiopia, they're just getting triage set up. They're just you know, training ambulance drivers who know what to do when they find a seizing child, exactly what to do when they find a seizing child. So... I, uh, the counterpoints between the two, uh, between the, uh, each of these places, is what the book covers, and you know when you're navigating that same hope, the practice of it is very different. So I thought, one, you know, we're leading edge in Canada. We're talking about refinements that are brand new in the practice of medicine, and in Ethiopia, where my friends and colleagues are just working there to make that ER open 24 hours a day. I like the, the balance between those, the, the, the two different viewpoints. And is that why you split your time between those two places? Yes, that's why. Uh, you know, I, I work in St. Mike's because it's inspire, inspiring, and I can do whatever is on my mind as to what's possible to help the person in front of me. And in Ethiopia, I work there a lot for the same reasons. I worked with MSF and will work with them again, is that this deep, human enunciation at the core of medicine. And it is that practice that is the growth area for me. How can you include as many people into the family of who you care for as possible? And it's a deeply human question for me. Despite the fact that these two places are so diametrically opposed, you find a lot of similarities. Yeah, you know, well, the medicine looks very different. The human predicament is the same. We're born into a world we never asked to be born into, and we're asked to learn how to live and love and reckon our own mortality and those of the people around us. And then at some point, we're asked to learn how to let go. And it looks quite different, but the similarities of that vantage point that we all find ourselves in at being the center of the universe somehow is the same. When you see both sides, from the Toronto side and the Ethiopia side, you see the, very much that the struggle is the same. People want to feel well. They want to be well. They want their children to be cared for at any cost, at all costs, if possible. And one of the major questions I've had since I was a young man is, why does it look so different in downtown Toronto and downtown Ethiopia? If the point is the same, why does it look so different? Interspersed in all of this is the story of you caring for your dying grandfather in his 90s. How does that play into the story of your life as a doctor? Yeah, well, there's, there's the life of the author and the life of the doctor in this book. And the author part is that I, I knew I wanted to bring people deeply into their own body. And I use my grandfather as an avenue because I care so much for him. It's easy for me to evoke a loving feeling when I talk about him or write about him. And he's a rare man, uh, he's, you know, not just for his age, but for the life that he lived. So, you know, one of the other questions I wrestle with in the book, besides why does it, if the point is the same, why does it look so different, is why do we work so hard to give people another few minutes or a few days or a few years? Is it just because they're afraid of dying and they don't want to do it? 
Or I think the question I answer, I hope to answer with my grandfather as, uh, you know, a character in the book in real life is I think the point is love. You know, I know it's the best when I'm a doctor if I can actually feel true, not just curiosity about my nature of my patient's sickness, but actual caring that they get well. I know a number of emergency doctors, and one of the things that tends to appeal to them is that they don't end up having relationships with their patients. They see them in a moment of trauma, they deal with it, and then they pass them along. I once thought that way as well, too. But I would encourage those people to reconsider what they mean by relationship, because you must establish a relationship with a person, even if you're only with their doctor for five minutes. That's what they want from you. That's where the healing happens is in that relationship. And though that relationship may not, you know, go over a span of years, it is vital in that moment. The challenge becomes how do you establish a relationship in such a short period of time when you're only seeing a person once? You say that um, being an ER doctor takes a personal toll. Yeah, you know, I reflect on that a lot. Would would I change it? I don't think I would. But I I know, and I don't know if it's because this is who I am and why I chose emergency medicine or whether emergency medicine became me, but I reflect on age and mortality all the time, sickness. And in some ways that you have this loving body that is just like a miracle in every way that it repairs itself and does all these intimate, intricate, complicated processes we probably don't even begin to understand. We don't, actually, you know. But uh, at some point, you can feel like, okay, how is it going to betray me now? Am I going to get a subarachnoid hemorrhage one day? Am I going to, you know, have a heart attack? And you see that play out, you know, it's my job. I go to work and I watch it. I watch. I watch a moving conveyor belt of, of illness. And you can kind of forget that I'm well. There's a wellness, you know, in me. And maybe not forever, but for now. And so the challenge becomes either finding that balance or wrestling deeply with those questions of mortality and, and illness and, and coming to peace with them. So I don't know if I would change it, but I do know that at dinner parties I can make for heavy conversations if I'm not careful. Okay. James Muscalic, thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Dr. James Mescalic. His book, Life on the Ground Floor, has won the Hillary Weston Writers Trust Prize and is nominated for the RBC Taylor Prize. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, new ideas for a winter getaway. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Zoomer Weekend Review, we are always on top of the latest trends in intergenerational family life. Skipgen is the new thing for family holidays. Zoomer Magazine's Vivian Vassos came by to explain and to also give us some ideas for a last-minute escape from this brutal winter. I think that right now it's more about connection. So the option is where can you connect with your immediate family, multi-gen, it's that kind of thing. So It's more about going to a destination that is family-friendly or couples-friendly. So we've got a lot of that going on in the South. So Mexico, Dominican Republic. But I also think that 
you should be looking at farther afield places like Europe because the flights are a lot cheaper in March. It's 10% less than you would normally pay. Even Asia, if you've got more time, those are the options. If you can think outside the box and tick off a bucket list destination because it's beautiful in the spring in Japan, for example, and it's beautiful in the spring in Italy. What's the spring there? Well, I mean, if you're looking for the beach, then you're not going to Italy or Japan. I think if you're a a real beach lover and a sun seeker, then it's definitely Mexico, the Caribbean, combination of cruise and even Florida. Again, if if it's more family-oriented, March break, Orlando's still the number one spot. Uh, Disneyland. Disneyland, Disney World. Uh-oh. If you're if you're thinking Disneyland, that would be California, which is also good. Is the trend now more to a beachy winter getaway, or let's try to get away with the whole family? I mean, March break is coming up. Well, one of the interesting trends is the skip gen. It's a new thing that they're talking about. It's grandparents taking the grandkids, so we're leaving the parents out. So it's beyond multi-gen, it's actually skipping a generation or sometimes even two because you know we're all living longer and we're still active. And uh, if you've got enough time, which our generation does, and younger kids can be taken out of school for a lot longer. So you can do a lot more of a meaningful vacation. Going to somewhere like Mexico, you get the beach, but you also get culture. So you have Spanish culture. You also have a lot of all-inclusive that allows for time off from the kids because there's a lot of clubs and there's activities and there's cooking. So you come away with more of an experience and less of a just fly and flop, don't leave the compound sort of idea. So how popular is this and how do, do the parents like that? Do they take the opportunity to do an adults only or well, how does I think, it work? I think it's both. I think, I think, yes, they can take an opportunity to do an adults only. And again, the, the Caribbean and Mexico are great for that. Even farther south, Costa Rica, Belize are very popular and richer experiences and a lot more active. So if you're active and adventurous, you may not want to bring really little kids and are, you know, the, the more mature gen. But I also think it's it's just good to have your own house to yourself for a little while at home. So you have your own mini sort of staycation, which I think is also important. I think that is one of the options. There's so much to do in Canada. And if you can't get away for March break, even with this weather, there's so many great places to go in Canada that are warm and romantic and the fires outdoors. So you've got Lake Louise or you've got Quebec City. They know how to do winter well. Is there a growing trend there where people are saying, uh, I'm going to embrace winter rather than trying to escape it? Yes, I think there is. Montreal is really on a comeback trail with the Leonard Cohen exhibit and the food scene being really renewed and hot there. Chef Antonio Park, who's now opened a restaurant here in Toronto, he's he's hot. His food's hot. It's Argentinian mixed with French and Canadian flavors. So Montreal is a really, I think, um, having a renaissance moment and it's romantic and it's cultural and It's inexpensive in comparison to flying somewhere else. If you're in Ontario, you can drive there, you can take the train there, which is kind of romantic in its own sort of way. Are there any other places that you would recommend for people? I always recommend places like Italy because it's bucket list. And I also think that if you're looking for something a little more in-depth, cruising, again, but Mediterranean river cruising, it's becoming a lot more active. A lot of the ships are featuring more onboard experiences and offboard experiences where there's bikes and hiking. So it's not just getting off a ship and getting onto a coach and touring around. So it's it's an opportunity to be a lot more active, keep engaged. And so I would say Europe is always uh, always good. No matter what time of year, I would recommend it. Anything else? 
if you've only got a short amount of time, again, New York, Las Vegas, they're the classics. They never get old. There is one trend that I'm seeing that's really interesting is, is the stopover. So if you want to go somewhere like Portugal, for example, which is really inexpensive, but you may want to take a couple of days somewhere else, like Paris. TAP Airlines, for example, is doing a stopover in Lisbon, which is free. So you can stop over in Lisbon without extra cost to your flight, your ongoing flight. So depending on where TAP flies in other places in Europe. So you can spend a few days in an an amazing capital full of history. So I would definitely look at the stopover. Vivian, thanks so much. Thank you, Livy. Nice to be here. That was Zoomer Magazine's executive editor, Vivian Vassos. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, she was a controversial figure in rock and roll. Yoko Ono turns 85. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. London's Royal Academy of Arts is showing some of the art collected by King Charles I more than 400 years ago. Charles collected over 2,000 artworks before he was executed in 1649. The National Gallery of Denmark is exploring how a work of art is made with the exhibition called From Idea to Masterpiece. New York's Museum of Modern Art is hosting Doc Fortnight, its annual showcase of outstanding nonfiction films from around the world. Among the screenings is Moving Stories, the tale of New York's battery dance troupe, which teaches all over the globe. And in California, Art Palm Springs presents the works of 300 artists right through the long weekend. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. Today, one of the most polarizing figures in the history of rock and roll is celebrating her 85th birthday. Yoko Ono was born in Tokyo on February 18, 1933, and shot to stardom after falling in love and marrying John Lennon in the late 1960s. Their bed-ins for peace in both Amsterdam and Montreal remain iconic moments of the 60s counterculture. In her own right, Ono was a musician, artist, activist, and performer long before meeting Lennon and has continued on that path to this day. She's considered a pioneer in the avant-garde style in both her music and art and remains active as a musician. Her latest album came out two years ago. Now we travel back to her earliest days with John Lennon and hear a song inspired by their time together. It's the Beatles' hit, The Ballad of John and Yoko. That was the Beatles with the Ballad of John and Yoko. Yoko Ono is celebrating her 85th birthday this weekend. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.